0: What's up, everybody? Jamoke Davis here with Joel Wolkowski getting ready for our NBA bubble bets. I hope you're excited. Thank you very much for anybody who may be watching this stream. Joel, I'm really excited to get into it with you, and I apologize for last week. I just... You know, similar to an NBA player, I just had to take a an L, and, you know, I'm bouncing back just like the Denver Nuggets, forcing the game seven. How you doing, Joel?
1: I am doing well. And I got to say, I sit here at the basement of the betting bunker humbled before you. You <laughs> see, I was a professional set builder and production designer for 10 years and for Ralph Lauren, for Target, Under Armour, you name it. And In my career, I didn't accomplish anything as good as what you did at Kinko's over the past few days. <laughs> are, you, are you sure you were sick last week or did you have, you know, young Taj with the scissors cutting out daddy's head on the cardboard? <laughs> so, we, you know, we need something to put next to the five Emmys.
0: <laughs> hey, that, you know what? I said, look, I, I saw your beautiful setup. Right, you debuted your new show. Uh, tell everybody about it, and and I just said I gotta have a setup like Joel, so I we can be on the same level.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? I I love going on with you. I've loved going on with Steve at the Props Network, making inactions, but. You know, now they've built me an in-studio show, The Walk-On. I'll be doing an hour and a half every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. If not, you can catch them the next day on Spotify, on iTunes, or on social clips all over the Internet. And it's just a fun mix of comedy, gambling, and real analysis. So something for the whole family in there.
0: See, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. So so, so I, said, I said I'm talking about I'm going to be talking to Joel about NBA basketball. I said, you know what, I'm going to go on ahead and get some sort of a set here uh, in my in my basement. So we're both in the basement. We're yeah. starting from the bottom.
1: Yeah. And you look oh, at still the bottom. You're the only one who will appreciate it. I got, had to give one NBA player some love. So, you know, I put Mo- Moses Malone all over the set. My good luck piece. <laughs> my my godfather. I'm trying to give him carry him with me everywhere I go. And the walk on or just for sport is no exception. Foe, 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 as Moses
0: Malone used to say. Uh, Okay, here we go. Let's start with the layup line. I want to begin with your thoughts on Mike D'Antoni after the Houston Rockets were exited so kindly out of the playoffs by the Los Angeles Lakers. He just simply says, listen, he didn't even give it 24 hours, Joel. He was like, I'm done. I'm out.
1: See you later. He's been done. I don't know how familiar you are with the Houston situation behind the scenes, but it seems like it's gotten fairly toxic. I don't believe the owner has the money to pay for an NBA team. We talk about how the recession has impacted the economy. Mm -hmm. Tillman Fertitta is the poster child for it. He's taken out a 15% loan to... Float through the next six months, and really, I think Mike D'Antoni just wants to get paid. Houston has settled its affairs. They're going to be a new identity, and I hate that they're a punchline, you know? Because this, yeah. this was a good team. When everyone was caving and l- just letting the Golden State Warriors waltz to the Western Conference crown, they're the only team that stood up and poised a serious challenge to them. And for that, they've got my respect. Mike D'Antoni... Can you believe this? I was in a conversation with someone I really respect, Ethan SP. came on the walk on. it was great. He said Mike D'Antoni's a bad coach. What do you think about that statement? Okay, so
0: the funny thing is the first question I pose to some of my friends is, should the Wizards decide to get a new coach? And I'm not saying I want them to get a new coach. I was just curious of finding out who likes Mike D'Antoni. I can't get anyone to say, yeah, Mike D'Antoni's a good coach. No, someone's gonna pick him up because they're gonna say his offense is good. He got the Houston Rockets when it was Chris Paul and James Harden to the Western Conference Finals. Someone is gonna pick him up everywhere he goes, except for New York, they win. Uh, They may not make it to the NBA Finals and win it, but they are a winning team and they score a lot of points. But I think that's where it ends. That's the problem that we have with Mike D'Antoni As teams are saying, well, okay, you're good at offense, but to win a championship, we need defense. And you've never been able to bring that to the table. So I think many teams are going to look at him and say, well, I don't know. I mean, you could sell tickets because you're going to you know, score a lot of points, but you're not going to get that end result. And that's where I think the problem lies with Mike D'Antoni. And the situation is toxic. Everyone knows that, you know, look, Tillman Fertitta paid too much for the houston rockets like he overpaid for him now he's overextended himself the economy's tank no one's going into the toyota center unless they turn it into a a dealership and they sold toyota's (laughs) out of it you know they might go into vote actually right (laughs) (laughs) so that that's the end result he will end up selling the team the team they're gonna have to blow it up and start over which means james Harden may end up on another team by either next season Or the season after that, that's where I think we are with Houston. But no one in the end, I think, is going to look at Mike D'Antoni as as a coach that can get them to an NBA Finals and win it
1: all. I don't think that's fair, really, because how much bad luck did those Phoenix Sun teams have? If you look back over the course of history, if you just look at the talent level, the regular season wins, over under on rings is probably around one and a half, and they had more bad luck than any team. And I see D'Antoni in Houston and like, What's the name of D'Antoni's game? Just find the whatever margin is in your favor on the offense. Mm-hmm. And he found that with Harden getting the threes and just creating free throws is like the honest of your game, open threes. And if he kept that motion from Phoenix, I think it would have bailed out the entire team. Really? It's D'Antoni. It needs to go. But if this organization had the leadership to have Chris, kept Chris Paul in the fold, I don't think they'd be in nearly the scenario they were right now I think, okay. I think this is a case of one bad decision leading to another bad decision. And like Mike D'Antoni with Chris Paul on the floor, sure he can give, he can kind of make it work. He can kind of take over mm-hmm. when things aren't going well. Mike D'Antoni with Russell Westbrook on the floor, that's a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> not so, gonna work. So,
0: so we're also saying that we're which we are do which we're doing. We're not putting enough of this onus on Daryl Morey, right? That's what it is, because Mike Dantoni, four seasons in Houston, a two seventeen to one oh one winning to, to losses uh win percentage, uh twenty-eight. 28- to t- and 23 record in the playoffs. He made the playoffs every season.
1: Coach of the year in 16, 17. Then there's Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey's a problem. Can I say it's maybe a, a bigger picture issue? This isn't a I don't want to place the blame on one person for the Houston Rockets scenario. I place the blame on how much power superstars are given in the modern NBA. Mm. I mean, James Harden getting to pick his second banana like that's a similar decision to the Brooklyn Nets going through two coaches on their way to Steve Nash. These guys are Mm -hmm. frontline stars. They're the reason butts are in the seats, and they control every personnel decision.
0: No, you're right. I mean, in the end, I think that I was surprised that no one said, yeah, we would take Mike D'Antoni to coach the Wizards um, because his record does, you know, speak for itself. I mean, he's reached the conference finals three times. We mentioned Houston. You talked about twice with Phoenix. I just think if you're looking for someone to get you to that next level of NBA finals, he simply doesn't have that on his resume. And And I would be
1: curious if and you brought it up. I didn't. But if yeah. you're looking for a franchise that's happy to get to the second round of the playoffs, <laughs> and it's fine. <laughs> if you have a front guard who maybe has the talent to have an offense built around him, but has never had that offense built around him, let's yeah. have D'Antoni go to Washington. Let's have him toss Bradley Beal the keys and have. Don't they have the personnel to run this same offense in Washington? Beal they is do. Harden, Wall is Westbrook, and then you got David Davis, Burtons, and Thomas Bryant as the big men. I think that works. I think that's a five seed in the East at worst. Yeah, I, but the, but the
0: other problem is they were a four seed in the playoffs with, you know, the the team not constructed the way it is, but with with a healthy Wall and Beal, they already were a good team where they are now. And I think it's it's the kind of shakeup that You know, Maybe we're we're just kind of throwing it out there, but Mike D'Antoni may very well say, I just want to take the year off, and I don't even want to think about basketball, and I'll come back next season and figure it out because somebody's going to get rid of a coach.
1: I don't know. This divorce is ugly enough where I can tell he's not going to take a year off. He's going to be callous and calculating and try and get into a bench spot for the next season. I imagine the job offers are already over there. If you're a middling team without an identity and... You're just throwing darts at the wall. I think you're contacting Mike D'Antoni, so I anticipate a lot of Philadelphia area codes popping up on his caller ID today. <laughs> hey, Philadelphia.
0: Uh, you know, I don't know if, if that'll be interesting to see what they do with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Okay, let's get to the playoff matchup. Some big games tonight. Um, we've got Boston versus the Miami Heat in game one at 6.30, followed by game seven between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers. Let's start with that Miami Heat-Boston uh, Celtics matchup. What uh, – oh, actually, excuse me. No, let's let's start over. Let's start. I want to back up. What didn't you like about the Milwaukee-Miami series that you had to say um, Milwaukee either isn't the team we thought they were
1: or we were sleeping on Miami. The thing that kind of rankled me most before the, during the Milwaukee series, was actually the reaction to Richard Jefferson's comments that Giannis Antetokounmpo was better. is <laughs> more of a Pippin than a Jordan. Because I saw Giannis go out and like, sure, maybe Giannis has some flaws like controlling the game and end possessions. But I kind of liked Chris Middleton as a number one banana. You know, he he's kind of just hitting contested shots. He's controlling the ball through the perimeter. And if you Mm -hmm. if why don't they just flip the rolls with five, five minutes left of the game? Like if you watch Milwaukee, it's been the same problem for two years. They run great for 45 minutes. And then when possessions get tighter, Giannis isn't the shot creator that he is during the rest of the games.
0: Uh, And I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, It was amazing to see the stat that Milwaukee actually was a better team, scored more points per game without Giannis. Uh, But it's a catch-22 because what have you read over the last 48 hours is Giannis is meeting with the ownership group for hours, hours on end, talking about what the team needs to do and how they need to improve for his sake and i wonder if they're looking at the numbers and realizing wait a minute Giannis is not so much the problem but like you're saying we need to think about how this team needs to run who it needs to run through in order for it to be successful um to go back to your pippin thing i thought that was funny because then lebron had to be thrown into it talking about is he the pippin to anthony davis being the jordan or vice versa that was pretty funny, but um, I still go back to if you have Malcolm Brogdon, it would have been a different team, and, and I think that, that that was the biggest issue. Okay, Boston, Toronto, what was the surprise there that you would think for me that this was Pascal Siakam's opportunity to step up, and he just couldn't? I just – You know, from that first game, I just felt that Toronto just wasn't the same. And it goes back to when we first talked about it, that frankly, uh, they just Toronto was not tested with the Brooklyn Nets and they weren't ready to play. And when they played a real opponent like Boston, who I expected them to wake up and beat, Boston just proved to be the more talented and tougher team.
1: Yeah, and it kind of rankled me. I keep saying the word rankled. I'm sorry. I'm 65 years old. It's a good word. I old, like it. But, Very polished, but this, this, The Polish polish, baby. That's what I provide here <laughs> on Just for Sport. But it, it did annoy me to see Pascal Siakam's struggles as one of the big storylines in this because sometimes a player struggles and it's on them. We've seen that with Harden and Westbrook. But Pascal Siakam's struggles, I think it was pretty directly linked to the play of Jalen Brown. So... Rat, I saw him just every—Pascal gets to the hole better than anyone this side of Giannis. In Jalen's footwork on the perimeter, he just stopped everything Pascal wanted to do. So it, does, does Pascal thrive against 28 teams? Yes, absolutely. I think this is Jalen Brown kind of announcing himself as, hey, I am that first-team All-NBA-level defender. You saw mm-hmm. that character from the Boston team, Smart, Brown, Tice— even Robert Williams, there's just a toughness in a character and a defensive identity that I expected out of Toronto. And I, I've never liked the Boston Celtics. I hate the Boston Celtics. <laughs> Damn if I didn't love the Boston Celtics. They won that series with ball movement, passing. It was the most beautiful basketball we've seen in the Eastern Conference since, gosh, I can't even, when has there been beautiful basketball played in the Eastern Conference? Since when? Uh, oh, wow. I mean, I would say go, since, since the Larry Bird season, Celtics, no
0: last season, what? Toronto Raptors, which you're going to say Boston Celtics
1: with KG and Paul Pierce and gonna, Ray Allen. I was going to go back with bird. Cause like the great teams in the East have been kind of grinded down defensive teams. Even the like Miami LeBron teams that were so effective, LeBron was playing in the post a lot. It wasn't a beautiful style of basketball. And the Celtics, if you were to, if a dog was watching that game and couldn't see the colors of the jerseys, they would go, oh, this is a great Spurs team.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, the thing, I mean, I, it was beautiful. I mean, I thought Toronto played beautiful basketball with Nick Nurse last year. Um, they, they, I thought it was going to be a new type of game where it's more fluid. Everybody touched the ball, uh, but, you know, obviously losing Kawhi Leonard changed the way that they wanted to play this year. But, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I just I was surprised. I also feel like to your point, Jalen Brown almost gets lost because so many people talk about Jason Tatum, who is amazing. He's Every game he stepped up to the plate, uh, except for maybe one or two games, he didn't play well. Kimber Walker didn't play well, and it seemed to be Jason Tatum offensively who would knock down the big shots. And Marcus Smart, you know, uh, Jalen Brown gets a little loss. If you looked at who people with, are talking about were the MVPs of that series, it was Jason Tatum and then Marcus Smart after him.
1: Yeah, and tan- can I go a tangent alert? Okay. Jalen Brown is lost for for the strangest reasons in my entire <laughs> life. I need to contact Jalen Brown right now. I've been trying to reach Jalen Brown for two weeks for, to ask for a favor that I know he will do. And if anyone has any way I can speak to Jalen, get two sentences to him. This is legitimately a matter of life and death. I need to talk to Jalen Brown. He's lost to the media. He's lost to me. We need to bring this guy to the national attention. So just be like, yo, on, on the Props Network, Joe Walkowski. he's hyping up Jalen Brown. He's saying the next, he's the next <laughs> perimeter defensive player of the year, and I need to talk to you, Jalen. Hit me up. Joe Walkowski. all platforms. But let's get into Jason Tatum, huh? Wow. And you, you, He's amazing. You know the Boston Celtics have probably the worst fan base, if it's not the Lakers but and he was being hyped as this player from the first time he touched an NBA court and I hate to admit it he's gotten there when he gets the ball 25 feet away from the basket you know it's going in he can create a shot in traffic offensively there isn't a thing he can do and defensively he has effort he's malleable and he's long as hell it's amazing that He's a better player than anyone Philadelphia has on their roster. That must kill Sixers fans right now.
0: He is one of only three players, six players, excuse me, who's averaging 25 points and 10 rebounds per game. He, uh, his, his plus minus, which is crazy to think that Marcus Smart has a better plus minus, but is 83 ranking second in cumulative plus minus in the eastern conference playoffs he is efficient uh he will make big buckets but at the same time he does a very good job of keeping everyone i don't feel like when i'm just watching the game even if you're not breaking down points it's not like a james harden where you feel like you're watching somebody who's trying to do it all by himself and yet at the end of the game he will most likely be the leading point scorer of the game if not you know just on the boston celtics he's just that good but i also think his demeanor is a quiet leader he's not in your face and frankly he doesn't need to be in your face because he's got marcus smart to do that He's got a floor general, Kimber Walker, uh, even. I just like the way he looks. Like you talked about how long he is and the fact that he can post up. He can, he can hit a jumper over a defender, turn around, fade away, or drive to the basket with his long arms. He's well above the defenders outside of the, you know, some of the fours and fives. But his game is so versatile. That's what makes him the MVP. I only wish I put some money down on him being an MVP because Man, if they get to the NBA finals, Jason Tatum, if they win it, he's gonna be the MVP.
1: Yeah, and my 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 headphones still went out. Give me a thumbs up if you can still hear me. But you know, Jason Tatum, there is this thing where it's like there's the top shelf of rarefied talent when you're starting to see that the physical package is Being turned into a machine to generate shots. And unlike Giannis, who kind of careens to the basket, Jason Tatum uses his length and athleticism, but when he Mm kind of gets people off, he's so much taller. His vision, he's able to see the court better. Like that pass, I know they lost the game three when Kyle Lowry made the best pass in NBA history. And I know Kemba made a great play before that, but coming down, 30 seconds left, there's an offensive rebound. Jason Tatum gets it. One hands it to Brown. Beautiful pass. That's a play only like bird magic Jason Kidd <laughs> and Steve Nash make. Like yeah. absolutely top shelf superstar play.
0: Let's go on the other side. We got the Miami Heat who just, I mean, just destroyed the Milwaukee Bucks. Do you know this is the first time in 51 years that oh, that the, eastern conference finals does not have a one or two seed when it was you know known as the
1: eastern division back then isn't that crazy it is crazy and what a coincidence that happened the year there was no home court advantage who would have thunk it (laughs) is that we're right back where we are right no home court advantage realistically yeah i mean if that game seven of the toronto series is that you know in the North with the people outside going crazy with the turban fans losing their shit courtside, I think it might be a different story for the Raptors. And maybe we knew this was going to be a weird season of the NBA postseason and the Mm -hmm. Western conference is going chalk. So thankfully the Eastern conference gave us something a little unique and different.
0: Yeah. It's going to be exciting. Uh, I think that Miami, the only, I'm trying, I'm trying to think in my head, Who is the tougher team? I think they've both shown that they can score. Um, In game seven was the first game that you could either say, I'm talking about for uh, Boston, that Toronto either was the tougher team in making that last second play, as you talk about that beautiful pass from Kyle Lowry to uh, O.G. Ananobi. Ananobi, I always say his name wrong.
1: But It's a a lot of vowels. You you freak out a little bit.
0: But you've got the Miami Heat who have the postseason best five and one in games that were decided by five points in the last five minutes. Miami knows how to win tough games. And I think if it wasn't for that last play by Marcus Smart uh, in game seven, we may very well be talking about Miami versus Toronto. And so then are we saying – Miami is better in crunch time. So when it comes down to those last few possessions, Miami is the better team. And because they, I just think they're tougher than Boston, they're going to be able to overcome and take the best shot from Boston more than we saw to Toronto.
1: And these are the two teams that are probably the best run franchises this season. Mm-hmm. They did a couple things that were just. Like Boston's decision to add Daniel Tice. We ha- we're we in an era where the center position is undervalued, and they don't waste any picks on it. They maybe get Robert Williams a little late, but what do they do? They go to Germany. They find a high-level club player <laughs> who can play kind of any style, and that just shows me a cohesion between the general manager, the coaching. It's a top town organizational effort, and I think you see it on both these squads like, Anything can happen. I'm riding with the Miami Heat because they're a slight underdog. I think Boston will be a little tired, and I think there might be a little bit like we saw KG wear the Kelly green and intimidate opposing teams that were a little young, a little insecure, and it's going to be so fun to watch Jimmy Butler get his claws into Jason Tatum.
0: It's, yeah, I, I mean, there's no doubt that that's going to be the matchup that I want to see here. Uh, the Miami Heat, the other thing is they have outscored their opponents by eight points per game, 8.3 to be exact from three-point range, the second biggest differential in the playoffs. And that's something that Toronto did not do well against Boston. And they're also the four, the best fourth-quarter team plus 20.8 points per 100 possessions in the postseason. So Miami knows how to win with the 3 and I think that that's, that was Boston's uh killer. I mean like it was a three pointer I think that really, you know, Toronto couldn't make them and Boston made enough of them in those blowout wins where they were just, you know, on fire and and I think that's where you know, it's a little more even, and I think it will, as you're saying. Also, it's going to come down to Jimmy Butler versus Jason Tatum.
1: Yeah, and we've seen Boston kind of like surprisingly win the big man battle against and kind against of like Toronto. Surprisingly win the big... and so, you know, I, we go to Miami and like they're throwing out Adebayo, Kelly O'Linick, and I don't know if the Boston Bigs can necessarily chant ch- like match that. I see. I, I like Miami because I think the rosters are very similar one through eight, but I think Miami is a little healthier. The roster is a little deeper, and I think they probably have the best player in the series if we're counting intangibles.
0: Yeah, uh, it's going to be fun. I I am also, if we're you know we're going to the prediction side, I am picking the Miami Heat. I think that Eric Spolstra has been here before. Uh, he knows how to win. Jimmy Butler is eager to win along with the Miami Heat. I think you've got a player like Tyler Hero who is coming out of nowhere, averaging almost 15 points per game as a rookie. You want to talk about young talent as we talk about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Tyler Hero has proved to be an amazing young talent uh, along with, as we talked about, uh some when we first were doing this show about none if he was going to be in the mix he's doing all right but i think tyler hero is the one that has really surprised everybody and i think miami will win it uh, but i think they'll win it in seven though
1: i i got miami in six and like boston fans cheer up if you don't see the celtics go to the finals you'll see the whitest team in the nba go to the finals so i think you'll enjoy cheering for kelly O'Linick, duncan robinson <laughs> tyler hero <laughs> goran Dragic. And come on. I got to bust your chops a little bit on this. Can you come out of nowhere when you also come out of Kentucky? The greatest basketball factory. Tyler Hero was such a good basketball product, prodigy, like his life was threatened when he decided not to go to Wisconsin. So, I think that that sounds like a blue chipper to me.
0: Because I you you you're
1: right. He did come out of Kentucky, but there's so much talent
0: that comes out of Kentucky. How can you not get lost even when you play for Kentucky? Like you got to share the ball.
1: And, that, and I, I, I like that strategy of Miami. They have all the Kentucky guys you don't necessarily think are Kentucky that's guys. That's what
0: it is. Yes, that's what it is. Like
1: maybe having the third best player in the on the Kentucky Wildcats <laughs> is a very good organizational strategy. These te- these guys are developed better than anyone else. You only look at the number 1 players. So, yeah. May- Go for the third best player from Kentucky. It's paying dividends for the Miami Heat. That series is going to be freaking awesome. Cannot wait to see it.
0: I can't wait to see it either. Uh, what I what I also want to go to is the big Game Seven, where Doc Rivers said, "I don't need a pregame speech. We know what's going on here." But how could you not? fall in love, even though I know you picked the Clippers, Joe, how could you not fall in love with the Denver story? This could be the second straight series that they'd have come back from three to one to advance. I mean, that's amazing. And Jokic, he's the MVP. He's proven that he's the MVP. It's amazing, the best passing big man in the game. I predict he's gonna have a triple-double tonight. And unless playoff P, right, we called him WAP, unless he's going to have that wet-ass Paul shot. I don't know. This might be Jamal Murray scoring another 55 points. He may have his best game tonight with Jokic in the triple-double beating the Clippers.
1: That's very cute. I'm glad you think that. that. That'll be a beautiful bedtime story to tell your son tonight. There once was a team with an overweight Slavic sinner and an undersized shooting guard and a swingman who didn't believe in COVID. No. We know history. We know that how the NBA plays out because it kind of follows the same template. When an, when an inferior team brings a superior team to get seven games— They get pasted in the finale. I got clips by 40. I think the best player of this generation is not Nikola Jokic. We both know he's lining up for Los Angeles. Claw, baby. I don't care about two blown leads. I don't care about two blown games. I care about the better odds I'm getting for the Clippers against the Lakers next round. (laughs) Love to see it. I can't wait. I get a little bit more juice on that transaction, and gosh, I do just want to... I know that... Doc has blown these leads so many times, though. That's my biggest consu- concern. He coaches a three-one playoff series the way Matt Patricia coaches every game for my Detroit Lions. <laughs>
0: Detroit. oh, I was, oh man, you don't want to go there. Oh, we got, we could talk about that. Okay, we're not going to go to football. Oh my gosh,
1: uh, your t- we got a streamer saying he's taking the Nuggets tonight. I'm on Clippers minus seven and a half. I am on Miami plus one and a half, one unit on each, and then I'm four units on Miami for the series plus one fifteen. That's where I'm spending my money, Dexter. Dexter, what's up, Dexter? Thanks for joining us. He said, "LOL," it's still seeing the whitest team
0: in the NBA go to the finals. Listen, Joel, the Clippers are scared. Come on, they have had three games to close this team out. Excuse me, two games to close this team out. Yes, they could do it in this third game, but I don't know. I like, you know, the momentum is in Denver's. Favor, help me out
1: here, Dexter. Come on. Do the Clippers feel fear? Because I know Kawhi Leonard is a cyborg. I know he had a bad game six, but in this sort of situation, you got to run, you got to go with the best player in the series. That will be Kawhi Leonard for me versus anybody. Denver's a great story. I think they're maybe the team that Dallas is advertised as because you mm-hmm. have this kind of glut of age contenders. Clippers, Lakers. I'll throw the Warriors in there because I think they'll be back next season. But within two, three years, those teams are gone. And is there a better like, group of building blocks than Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, and Nikola Jokic? That's a big three for a title team, I think, if you do the right moves. Yeah. And you know, I love a long shot. So of course I'm going to pick the nuggets,
0: but before we actually get into the prediction and we're going to go over the line, uh, and some prop bets for players, uh, bet MGM is live for legal betting in Colorado, Indiana, Nevada, New Jersey, and West Virginia. Are you betting on the nfl or nba this season how about the us open huh i called naomi osaka at least take some of that action to bet mgm why because for a limited time bet mgm has a special signing bonus for the props network listeners and viewers watching us on twitch youtube and facebook all you have to do is create a new account at bet mgm and use code just sport 200 that's right this is just for sport to get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $500. That's right, just enter code JustSport20 and up to $500 bonus bankroll is yours. Then you'll enjoy all that BetMGM has to offer like earning $10 free bets every week in the Money Monday Club, multi-sport parlay boosters, and the new Edit My Bet feature that allows players to change their bet tickets after they are submitted. So I'll do that after game seven starts and the Clippers will jump out to a 11 to five uh, lead. Yeah, but that hasn't been a
1: problem that. in game five or six. They <laughs> love blowing those leads.
0: <laughs> so try bet MGM with code just for 20. Now, while the offers last, remember you must be 21 or over to bet. And if you or someone, you know, has a gambling gambling problem, Call
1: 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Joel. We got a hot one. The Clippers in blown leads. It's the most things blown in the NBA bubble this side of Daniel House's room. <laughs> Oh, listen, listen, I don't want to even get into the conspiracy
0: that I heard about what's really going down with Daniel House and how he's protecting a certain other player. Allegedly. I was kind of blown away by that. Who, uh, who, wait,
1: I, did, I don't know this conspiracy. Can we get into this? Oh, oh, you I we I don't know if we're ready for this online. live. I like the Daniel House pickup pickup line game. There's an extra you in my name. How about an extra you in my room? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) no uh the rumor has it uh
0: that maybe maybe you know I mean it would be one thing to not be able to play without Daniel House but there are a few other starters on that team that you probably don't want to have to lose uh when you're trying to beat the Los Angeles Lakers so Daniel House Take one for the team. If you're please. not
1: gonna give me the conspiracy, give me a little charades. There's only two stars on that team. All you need to do is Is it Westbrook? No, Westbrook's got it's gotta be Harden. Harden oh. Harden's a <laughs> guy in trouble. It's weird. It's a the beard nickname takes on a different meaning today. <laughs> The drama, the drama. Who is it? Uh, okay, you touched your chin. I know who it is.
0: Oh, you know who it is. All right, let's get into these lines. Miami Heat, Boston Celtics. You can get the Heat at plus 2 at minus 110. Obviously, you can get the Boston Celtics at minus uh 2. Over under at 209 and a half on Bet MGM.
1: You're going under. over under. Celtics unders unders hit I That was an interesting series. The away team won every game, and I think the under hit maybe six times in that series. So the Celtics have shown a huge propensity for going under this postseason. I think that continues and like Boston's tired, Miami's gumming off a layoff. I think you'll probably see a kind of sloppy first half before we get Mm -hmm. a prize fight in the second half.
0: Uh, Money line, plus 110 for Miami, minus 134 for the Heat. I mean, for the Celtics, excuse me. Um,
1: yeah, I looked at that. If I'm betting the series, I've got no problem. I'll just take the one and a half, two points with Miami. I've got no issue. Then, you know, if I can recoup a little bit of my investment if Marcus <laughs> Smart hits a last-second shot. Man, Marcus Smart just might play against this Miami Heat team and figure out, wait a minute, there's a whole team full of guys like me? I should go back to that locker room. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, listen. Uh, okay, if if you are taking the you're taking the underdog here, right? Yeah. If you're if you're taking the heat as the underdog and you and you want to bet the series, what do you say? You say it's going 6-4-2. But if the number is better at 4-3, you hedge your bets and just say, okay, it's going 7
1: and the Heat will win. I I, I say don't get cute. Picking an exact game thing, I only like that if you're picking a sweep. Like I've had good luck in the past picking Warriors or Cavs sweeps when they play the Raptors. But, (laughs) you know, do you really want to – if you're right in your heart of hearts and Miami is the better team, do you really want to just lose that bet because of 6 or 7? No, put the unit down on the series now. Don't get cute with it. Because if you pick a side, then you have a rooting interest in the entire series. It's ai I don't bet to make money, you know? I bet to mm-hmm. have a good time and placing a bet on the entire line of the series is so much more enjoyable than betting on the game's outcome. Okay, okay. I'll take that.
0: Uh, game seven, we're talking about one game. We got Denver at plus seven and a half, minus 110. uh, Over under at 207 and a half at minus 110. Money line, Nuggets at plus 260. Clippers at minus 335 on BetMGM.
1: I think the money line, the over will hit just from the Clippers. I have Clippers 255, Nuggets 67. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no 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 I feel like I'm an old bear I, I just think the Clippers are gonna lock them down they have that perimeter defense and you know I think daddy will be home tonight Jokic it's been a very cute story Jamal Murray he's entered the hearts of Canadians everywhere the road is over this NBA NBA season let's follow the narrative it's always been headed this way Clippers versus Lakers for the, the Battle of the Staples Center, 3,000 miles away. It's been preordained. We're getting it. Have your money on the side of destiny. Who, is, who do you think will be the top scorer of the game? It's mostly
0: been, at least for the Clippers uh, Nugget Series, it's mostly been Kawhi Leonard. Uh, we can get him at 31 and a half over or under at minus 121 over, minus 106 under.
1: I'm going to go under. It's hard for me to envision a situation in which he plays during the fourth quarter. (laughs) Like, you're going to be up 45. (laughs) You don't want to play Kawhi. He rests anyway. Wouldn't it be so funny if the Clips just load managed him anyways? Like, nah, we got to get this guy ready for next season. (laughs) (laughs) Your next season.
0: I was going to bring that up earlier. I was like, (laughs) it's funny because there hasn't been a game well, granted, I know in the playoffs he would not allow, you know, Kawhi to say, Hey, I, I need rest, but I do think that it would have helped them for a player like Kawhi, who believes in load management, to have closed out the series earlier. And I'm sure now that he has to go into a game seven before facing the Lakers, he may not be I don't want to say he's not hundred percent, but it's not his style to not have Uh, day off or two and all of the NBA and fans out there can thank Kawhi Leonard for starting low management basically.
1: Yeah. Uncle Dennis says he can only play 12 minutes tonight. (laughs) You got to just talk. (laughs)
0: That's what's going to happen. And I'm a minute to talk about the Boston Miami game. Kimball Walker has struggled. He struggled to score points throughout the series, uh, been up and down. You can get him at 19 and a half points Minus 121 for the over, minus 106 under. What do you have Kemba Walker at?
1: I have the under there. Kemba has kind of sh- – he's. we know the knee is a little bit messed up, and we actually saw a lot of success in him drawing attention and then passing the ball out, and, like, that's kind of led Boston to mm-hmm. have, like, a really wonderful, efficient offense that I was talking about earlier. So mm-hmm. I kind of like Kemba as a distri- more of a distributor with Tatum becoming a better version of Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> I will oh, say so he's got those Carmelo, like, black eyes, too. Jason Tatum, stop paying attention to the referees, young man. Did you watch during Game 7? Pascal Siakam got a put-back dunk to get Toronto within two because Jason Tatum started arguing a call during a play. Yeah. Come on, Jason. Yeah. You're too good for those kind of mistakes.
0: Yeah, I... I, I He's going to grow up. I'm sure that Brad Stevens, that was one of the things that if they do look at film, he's going to go back to him and say, hey, you got to stay focused here because that they could have basically lost the game that way.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay. I've been watching. Can I make one point? Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I've been watching the NBA religiously since the 93 season. It's better in every aspect except the player's relationship with the referees. I think it's over the line. I think... The play is now done in a large part thanks to Harden and the Rockets to manipulate the referees. And now it's been effective for guys like LeBron, Harden, Steph to bitch at the referees, and we're seeing this younger generation emulate it. Okay, so here is the problem that I think is is I agree with you.
0: My thing is there are too many players that, either as fans or as media we've put on a star pedestal because stars have always gotten treatment. I mean, you know, go back to Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, the stars get the calls. But now in the NBA, there are so many players that think they are on that level, that they are stars. So yeah, they're they're complaining more than what they've done in the past. And maybe, you know, I'm not going to act like we know the statistics, maybe the refs have swallowed the whistle more than in the past that they would have thrown out a player or given them a quick technical at the beginning of the game because they're a star. When realistically, there's one thing to say you're a star. Jason Tatum is a star. But is he at that next upper echelon of player yeah no i would say he shouldn't be there
1: i think he's a top 15 guy he's gonna make an all nba team this year he's the best player on a team in the conference finals and that's the second time that's true in three years i don't see a metric by which he isn't one of those top stars like are you gonna are you to call Embiid one of those top stars you're starting a franchise i know you're gonna get kicked out of pennsylvania but i still know you're gonna pick pick the right guy
0: Yeah, but I I guess in my mind, if you're saying you're getting preferential treatment, then it should be okay for him to argue with the rest. Maybe not in that situation, but it's okay if he is a superstar because we have seen superstars do that forever. That's how they get the calls. That's how they get to the line. That's how James Harden, you know, half of his 40 points will come from free throws. Yeah, and not, if
1: they, I just think it's the next thing the NBA needs to address to be a great product. I think it's becoming a little bit of a black mark on the on the thing we mm-hmm. watch every day, and I would just like to get a, see them get it in order over the off season.
0: It's, yeah, I'm we'll, fine we'll with it. What it's what out happened. of control. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you've got the Clippers winning tonight. Yeah, Who t- do you have winning game one between Miami and Boston?
1: Uh, Boston looked really winded. That was an incredibly tough series. So I imagine M- Miami is going to come out and just they have the second half legs that Boston doesn't have. In that game, I also like Bam Adebayo over 10 and a half points. I think he's quicker than any big that Boston can potentially throw at him. And I like that. Okay, all right, there you have it. Uh, let's go with our last second
0: shot. I hope you saw this, Notice this on the rundown. Pau Gasol named his daughter after Kobe's daughter, giving her the name Elizabeth Gianna Gasol. Uh, is there a player that when you have your firstborn, Joel, you are going to name your son or daughter After And if so,
1: who is it? You're not ready for Andrea Drummond-Wolkowski? Whoa!
0: (laughs) Andrea Drummond-Wolkowski. So the first thing I think about is the three letters. And, you know, basically, Elizabeth Gianna Gosal is egg. Um, (laughs) I don't know if they paid attention to that to realize that, you know, (laughs) laid an egg. I mean, there's so many ways you can
1: go with this. Um, yeah, maybe her lands and backpack is going to get her some bullying at Spanish school. But maybe does egg have a different meaning in the Spanish language? It could mean majestic or beautiful. Possibly. We got to download Duolingo and figure out this baby's initials. But your
0: your favorite player is going to be Drummond. That's who's going to get your middle name. No,
1: because I imagine raising a teenage daughter is the vexing and just stressful situation it was to have Andre Drummond as your franchise player. There's so much good, but ah, uh, there's so much bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when the, the teenage years, the teenage years are probably where the bad will really start. Uh, are, have you got NBA 2K21?
1: Can I be honest? I'm not a video game guy. I The only video game I play is Settlers of Catan on the internet. Me? If I'm playing video games, that takes away from the time I can actually spend on the court. I'm in my 30s. Every second I'm there counts. Okay. Dang, you seem disappointed in me. I'm sorry.
0: (sighs) I thought maybe. I just thought maybe you would play. Okay, fine. You don't play. But um, are you excited uh, or at least understand the excitement that comes from NBA 2K20. Absolutely,
1: and I've I've played the game. I'm familiar with it. I have a PlayStation, but I use it more for HBO Go than for NBA 2K, which I have. And that's the best. That's where. That's why people love James Harden. James Harden's release in the 2K games is gonna make him great for anybody.
0: Yeah, um, I found I I I find that I enjoy playing the game more as. Like, I feel like it's more realistic if I'm playing as the actual team versus trying to make myself into an NBA player. I don't like playing that way.
1: Yeah, it's the only time I get to hang out with Michael B. Jordan. I think that's cool.
0: So, and and that is so I've got a co- really cool story I want to share with you about it. So I did a piece on Markel Fultz, uh, and it was great to spend some time with him. And it was the first time I experienced from the other side of seeing how excited fans get to play with NBA players. And so you see Markel Fultz, he signs on, he's waiting on the court. And if you can imagine, so they're playing street ball and they're like six courts, you know, that, you know, you all running games. And Markel Fultz walks to this one court and all of a sudden all these players, you know, regular Joes run to that court to join him and uh, play basketball, almost as if you're really playing with him on the court. And so, you know, we sat there, and watched the game, and then it just became a game. It's like, yo, pass the ball, you know, I'm open, good shot, da-da-da-da. But after the game. To hear his teammates who were non-NBA players be like, yo, that was so cool, man. Thanks. I wish you the best on the season. We'll be rooting for the Orlando Magic. That's the beauty of what I like most about the way games are played today that you actually get to play with these NBA players and just whoever's playing, if you know they their NFL star, movie star, Jamoke and Joel from Just for Sport, right? You know, whatever the case may be, I think that's cool the way you get to interact.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if you're going to make a Joel from Just for Sport, do it. Making my hair is so <laughs> easy in that game. That's no time whatsoever. You don't have to scroll through 100 hairstyles. And you know what? Call me an old fogey. I n- understand the relationship between young people and NBA 2K. It seems like there's a lot of ads going through a, like a PlayStation game. I already paid for this thing. I bought the console. <laughs> I bought the game. Why am I still getting advertisements? Can we turn off the capitalist machine for just a second here? Let me, yeah. pl- let me just play as James Harden and the all time rockets, chucking threes and passing it to Yao. I
0: understand that. I understand where you're coming from. Um, Uh, Oh, we're going to play Joel cuz i think i'm going to bring you around to playing nba 2k21
1: hey if there were 26 hours in the day i would be right there with you my friend
0: <laughs> you you can we, we'll play a 5 minute game Let's we'll play go. a 5 minute game
1: if we can do it maybe we'll play
0: live on one of these uh on, on one of our live streams we'll try to hook it up so we can play nba 2k last thing in the bubble have you
1: seen lebron's presidential bubble suite I think I, I also live in a hotel. I think I had a superior setup than LeBron for Sunday football. That's all I want to say. I know we've had, we had about the same amount of monitors. The only Both our teams lost. So I think I had the same Sunday as LeBron James. He maybe wasn't doing accounting homework while he watched, but I feel like me and Bron, we're living the same life here. Well, the thing is, if you're living the same life,
0: that's wonderful. I am happy for you to be living the same life as LeBron. I want to see you don't need a presidential suite if your whole family and friends aren't there to use the rooms. And I noticed a ridiculous thing, but it goes back to when um, Damian Lillard also had this ridiculous suite. And it was just like, it's just Damian Lillard. Like, when it's one, I'm saying for it being one person, it just seems like such a waste of space.
1: Yeah, but it's not like these hotels are used anyway. And you know what? LeBron James is six foot nine. He needs that king size bed for King James. So give him the presidential st- suite. And you know what? Who's more presidential than LeBron James? Touche. Touche. Yeah, that, right. that they should rename that Le- the LeBron James suite just so it has some prestige. <laughs> Maybe they will because I'm
0: sure now when
1: Disney does open
0: and the bubble is over, how much you want to bet they could make more money by saying such and such
1: player was in this room? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. I'm going to spend my wedding night in the room Thomas Bryant was in. Oh, my. (laughs) There you go. I mean, people in in Joshua Tree, California, they go and stay in the they pay so much to stay in the room that Graham Parsons died in. I would probably pay $500 to stay Uh in the room Daniel House got kicked out of.
0: There you go. There you go. Uh, That's a great way to end it. We're getting kicked out of this live stream. I appreciate it, Joel. I enjoyed it once again. We always have fun. We do. Thank you very much, uh, Dexter Henry, for sending in the question, participating. Really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you very much for everyone else that's uh, watching Just for Sport here. Uh, NBA bubble bets. With Joe Walkowski, uh, just for sport, you can get it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, uh, anywhere you. Should. And, and, Joel, how about we plug your show? Go
1: ahead. Yeah, a new episode of The Walk-On. We had awesome NBA talk with Root Guy. We had great NFL rundown with my co-host, Brian L. Mitchell. So look up the feed, TPN The Walk-On podcast. It's available on iTunes and Spotify right now. And if you like that, we'll be back Wednesday night, 7 p.m. for a stream. And if you miss that, podcast out the next day, baby.
0: There you go. And I'll be live on Thursday talking tennis. French Open and NBA playoffs, and we got Haley's comments on the next Just For Sport. Ciao for now, everybody.